Alright, hello and welcome to Comic Cave Episode 3. I'm Ramsey and with me is... Megan. And uh, what are we talking about today, Megan? We're talking about Mockingbird by Chelsea Kane, Kate Niemczyk, Ibrahim Mustafa, Joel Jones, and Rochelle Rosenberg. It's a lot of people. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a big team. Comics are a big team, though, so yeah. Alright, um, so... Uh, should we explain a little bit uh, about what Mockingbird is and why we're talking about it? So, um, I actually picked up this comic because of the controversy around it, um, and I ended up really liking it, and we weren't even planning to have a podcast about it, but I really wanted to talk about Mockingbird. Um, Chelsea Kane is a well-known thriller novelist, um, and Mockingbird was nominated for Eisner Awards. It was canceled after um, three issues, and then Marvel wanted uh, Chelsea Kane to wait until after the eighth was uh, out to announce it. So that's a little bit about how it was. We'll, we'll circle back around to uh, the stuff that happened about it. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, and uh, uh, you were more familiar with the controversy than I was, but uh, I it's still... What got me was uh, when it said on the back, the little quote that said it's uh, filled with corgis. So um, <laughs> I was like, I'll read your corgi book. Funny, sassy, Chardonnay soaked, and corgi filled. Um, that's a quote from blacknerdproblems.com. <laughs> which that's is, awesome. I didn't even know that. I, I actually am aware of this website, so... Good stuff. Okay. All right. Well, is there uh, any more to talk about? Should we move should move straight into our headlines? Well, I kind of wanted to um, talk about the character Mockingbird. Um, I thought we would go through a brief herstory. Uh, uh, the first of agenda. perhaps many uh, feminist puns. <laughs> um, <laughs> so in uh, the DC comics, there was a character called Mockingbird who turned out to be like Lex Luthor or Amanda Waller. But um, that's not who we're talking about. We're talking about Marvel Comics. Um, this will be the first Marvel comic we actually talk about so far. Um, so uh, at some points, she has been dead. At some points, she's been an alien imposter. Um, and at some other points, she has also been dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a big question. Is Mockingbird dead? Um, around 1980, the character uh, went from being called the Huntress to being called Mockingbird. Um, for obvious reasons. Um, she first appeared as a love interest of Kazar, who is basically Marvel's Tarzan, um, who comes from the Savage Land. And we will probably make fun of that a lot. Um, <laughs> just because, like, what? Um, in about 2010, Hawkeye and Mockingbird was a, a, a title that had about six issues. Um, in 2013, uh, The Secret Avengers arc happened... Um, with Nick Spencer and Luke Ross, um, and uh, Mockingbird was a regular character in that. Um, September of 2015, Chelsea Kane did the one-shot Mockingbird uh, Shield 50th anniversary number one, and then she continued to to do the title until it was canceled. Uh, too much um, controversy <laughs> by all. Right. And then now, um, Bobby Morse is the main character. She is Agent 19 of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, she's approximately 30 years old. Hashtag relatable. Um, 
she comes from Earth 616. Um, and I'm not going to say anything else about that. That's just the regular Marvel continuity, just like uh, Earth Prime in uh, the DC Universe. Yeah. Um, she has been enhanced and brought back to life using a cocktail of Infinity Formula and Super Soldier Serum. Super Soldier Serum. Yes. <laughs> which happened in the New Avengers, which is actually included uh, in these collections. Indeed. Um, so she has super strength, halted aging, enhanced agility, healing. She's a biochemist, an acrobat. She's skilled in multiple martial arts. She's an expert in weaponry, espionage. Uh, she speaks fluent Spanish. Um, her, her special weapons include hollow steel alloy battle staves. Um, that's what she's known for. So it's just basically like a bow staff made of metal. Um, Marvel Wiki lists her only weaknesses as nearsightedness. But like, I feel like, why didn't the super soldier serum kind of fix that? But whatever. It might have. I mean, like with Steve Rogers, it did, didn't it? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know if he had bad vision, but I mean, it fixed just about everything else. <laughs> yeah, I don't, whatever. But um, so I, I kind of want to segue a little bit into um, I- Infinity Gauntlet uh, when we talk about the next part, which is um, how Bobby is a hot mess. But um, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a little bit after we do headlines. All right. Well, do you, uh, do you want to? Give your first headline, or should you want me to go first? You go first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so volume one, um, which is, what, what's the actual title? Of it's the called one? I Can Explain. I Can Explain. <laughs> so um, my uh, my volume one headline is um, uh, Zombie Healthcare Sucks. That's that's true. It's clearly true. A shield healthcare really sucks in this comic. Um there's just this uh, continuing gag of Bobby waiting in waiting rooms and getting stuff done to her and experiments done to her because of the super soldier serum. Yeah. She's just like having a lot of like, not problems, but they're keeping an eye. It's very close. Um, <laughs> my headline was, quote, everyone thinks they're psychic in college, end quote, <laughs> um, which is something that she actually says. And it's um, basically because Bobby seems to be developing psychic powers in some ways. She's a little mysterious about it, honestly. Um. <laughs> well, I think a little bit is uh, her very, very first appearance in Kazar was to say that, or I guess it wasn't called Kazar. It was called like Astonishing Tales or yes, something. Yes, it was Astonishing Tales. Um, was to like show up to warn that he was in danger because she had some kind of psychic premonition. Mm-hmm. She and can then, like, feel that's people never... with her mind. Yeah, and then that's um, never mentioned again it. in any future story. Well, actually, the until, until somebody this. mentioned it. Yeah, somebody mentioned it in, in here. Um, and then she kind of responded with, everyone thinks they're psychic in college. Um, just and, and, like, throughout the comics, she sort of seems to be um, downplaying her psychic ability or just kind of, like, pretending it doesn't exist um it's kind of hard to tell actually it, it kind of feels like they're trying to suggest she's just she's more just good at seeing patterns how is she making ping pong balls disappear with her mind yeah that is a that is a good point <laughs> <laughs> she does do that so uh um, I, like you know she can't guess whether there are wavy lines on a paper or something but like 
you know, or like star square on on cards. Yeah, but, and doing the, the Ghostbusters test there. Yeah, test. but she can make ping balls disappear with her mind. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely something happening there. Um, it's a symptom. So uh, what about volume two? Oh, yeah. But yeah, my volume two headline is just uh, nerds on a boat. <laughs> nerds float. <laughs> um, so my volume two is um, Bobby's Hinky X's uh, semicolon cosplay murder mystery cruise. So we uh, kind of yeah, had the same idea good. there. Um, and it's because that's pretty descriptive of what happens. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, that, I mean, that that basically is like the shortest summary um, shortest but most accurate summary I've probably ever heard of something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, does that mean we're ready to move on to Infinity Gauntlet? I think we're ready for Infinity Gauntlet. All right. I've got four out of five stones. Let's go. I didn't expect you to actually laugh at that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so it was five, right? Uh, yes. Okay. So, uh, I should know. As a nerd, I should know more. But haven't I... you like <laughs> recently been reading that one? Yeah, I re- I just recently <laughs> reread the comic, but you know, now that I, I I've never really paid that much attention to how many stones there actually are. Please don't give us crap about this. Uh, I, I know it's I know it's mind, <laughs> space, time, reality. Uh. Power. So that's five. Hey. There might be one more. <laughs> awesome. Okay. <laughs> so it's it's not like Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just wanted to say that um, I give it five corgis. Uh, that's my rating. Uh, five out of five corgis. Or um, five Hellfire Club VIP passes. Um, because they... <laughs> They really, they have great benefits. Um, what about you? Um, yeah, no, five corgis sounds about right. Um, <laughs> don't want to give it uh, four and a half corgis, definitely, because that's, that's just mean to corgis. That sounds horrible. Uh, maybe four and a half Chardonnay glasses. Um. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, um, four and a half uh, massages or bubble baths. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, definitely... Uh, definitely a lot of fun. Um, uh, lots of lots of great humor. Lots of great cameos. Um, you know, any book with Howard the Duck in it is already going to get a little bit of a bonus in my uh, in my book. <laughs> so, in your book, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, his his uh, cameo was pretty enjoyable. Um, I wanted to say, uh, like like I was hinting at earlier, uh, Bobby is a hot mess. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in real danger of being like really not relatable because she is so good at so many things. Yeah. However, the way she's presented is that she just her life is just outrageously in shambles a little bit. Um, she's extra paranoid. She's extra sarcastic. She's a little bit of an alcoholic. Um, yeah. It varies how uh, she doesn't really. She's not making it clear, but there is a lot of alcohol consumed, um, <laughs> usually for comic effect. Um, she has an unbelievable and unfortunate dating history. 
So a little bit more of the explanation of the characters. She was married to Clint Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye. Which AKA, already you're you're starting off bad there. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> the purple out, you know. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with purple, but. um, I mean, it's a bit of a Huntress outfit, honestly. Like, yeah, he yeah. actually is You know what? Like yeah, I never realized that. I never made the connection, but there it is. Hawkeye, the Huntress, they shop at the same place. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Hawkeye, a.k.a. Hawkeye. So involved, uh, she's involved with Lance Hunter, who is a British spy. Um, she describes him as, quote, kind of tall, mouthy, great abs, emotionally stunted. So that pretty much describes him. Um, he's where the corgis come from, though. <laughs> yes. So you can't really hate him that much, he, can you? He is clearly a corgi lover. Mm-hmm. Or at least pretending to be. It's unclear. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, how can you not? I mean, yeah. Um, and so she also seems to be a really bad person to be in relationships with. She's super controlling and difficult. Um, she's also prone to treating you a little bit like a test subject, as was revealed in her and Hawkeye's marriage counseling flashback. Yeah. Um, for example, perhaps she is secretly inoculating you to experimental neurotoxins. <laughs> she also hates cuddling and Axe body spray. So, you know, um, she's a she's well, a. I hate Axe body spray too. So yeah, no, it, it definitely causes nausea and vomiting. Certainly, <laughs> um, she acknowledges herself to be a third tier superhero with little star power. So she doesn't really stand out in the pack. She's just kind of like mockingbird. Yeah. She's not Thor. She's not a mutant. She um has symptoms. <laughs> yeah, as as actually said um several times um she's a great spy, but that doesn't make her a great superhero. That might actually be the trait that prevents her from being a great superhero cuz she doesn't really want to stand out. Yeah. In fact, she goes on a cruise and uh, manages not to be recognized as <laughs> um, the wife of a, uh, famous person. Yeah. Not, not to mention a famous person herself. So, um, and like, this is the target audience for that kind of thing. Yeah. So. Nerd cruise. Nerd so. cruise. So <laughs> they should have known, but they didn't at all. What was your next, uh, infinity gauntlet? I guess my next infinity point, the things that we haven't covered, um, would probably be, uh, I, I like that. That this was kind of written for for women, kind of the way that males write their male superheroes, um, just kind of like this idealistic male character. Um, this is kind of like the same idealistic female character. Do you mean the critical mass of uh, sexy men in their underwear? Is that what you're <laughs> talking about? Because there certainly was a, like a full plate of that. Yeah. No, I mean, it, yeah, it's just about everything. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, it, it, I could really appreciate it from that because it's it still feels very much like a superhero comic because it's still written like one. It's just with a target audience of females instead of a target audience of male. And so, like, it's still like you know, being a male reading it, it still feels like familiar ground, even though like I'm I'm not the target audience. Like it's still really easy to enjoy, um, because of that. So I <laughs> I'm enjoying watching you squirm trying to explain uh how it's like a feminist uh, sort of take on the whole superhero thing. <laughs> um 
and uh, I'm really enjoying that. But- well, I, I, I mean, not just to say that it's feminist, but I, I just mean like it's it's still written like a superhero comic. Um, so like I, I'm, I'm just trying to say like you know, because a lot of guys are probably afraid to to touch something that's like ooh, it's I think feminist it's more of a spy uh, um, sort of comic actually, and like. Since Chelsea Kane is a thriller writer, that makes a lot of sense yeah. in a way. Because um, she's sort of like jet setting and wearing, you know, cool costumes all the time. And like, it's visually interesting to look at. Like, I really like um, the art. It's really slick um, and stylish in a way that I would expect like a super spy kind of comic to be. Also, um, they sort of play with the era that it's in. Like, sometimes it looks like it's in the 60s, kind of like... I guess you'd want a super spy to look like they're yeah. in the 60s sometimes just because we're used to that kind of thing. Um, and then sometimes it'll it'll look like, you know, it's it's in the modern day. Um, she's wearing different costumes all the time, and, and that's really visually interesting. Um, and also, like, she will always go for the joke uh, every <laughs> single yeah. time. And they're always funny. She's very funny um, and very glib. But I think the thing that I liked the most was um, that she lays out important character and plot information using the comedic charts and diagrams. (laughs) Um, So you don't need to have a wealth of background Marvel Universe uh, information or like have the Marvel wiki like pulled up on your phone while you're reading it because she just like puts it there for you. Sometimes it's all a joke, like um, when she introduces um, the uh, Phantom Rider and like you know, it's like age mostly dead, um, <laughs> and like birth date uh, early eighteen hundreds or something. <laughs> yeah. And it's like okay, well that's that's all we need to know about that, I guess. Yeah, it's like skin color phosphorescent white, eye yeah. color phosphorescent yes, white. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so like, and then she lays out like this a uh, useful chart of like how Lance Hunter and uh, Clint Barton are different people. And it's mostly the boxers um, are, have different flags on them. <laughs> well, yeah, um, Clint, Clint wears American flag boxers and Lance wears um, <laughs> Union Jack briefs. And they have, like, different accessories. <laughs> like, there's a bow and arrow, and then there's, like, a gun and, and like, a bowler hat. Um, which is, like, okay, well, he's, like, extremely British right now, so that's fine. Uh, but thank you for the explanation. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, um, then there's also... Probably one of my favorite parts, which is the flow chart of what she should do in a certain situation. And like most of the answers are like, have a glass of Chardonnay. (laughs) And, um, you know, it's like, it's like, are you happy? Have a bubble bath. Um, And then it's like, uh, how do you solve this problem? Algebra, uh, science, um, you know, (laughs) and like other random solutions until she um, arrives at a very absurd solution to her problem. Um, I don't. You'll have to see it for yourself. Maybe we'll. Maybe Ramsey will use that in his review. As it, like a. It should. It'll probably be in the review. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, you may not understand it immediately, but please read this comic so that you do. Um, because you'll laugh. Yeah, it's it's a pretty funny tro- flow chart because you you showed it to me before I read the comic. Yeah. And it was like, oh, that's kind of funny. And then like having read the comic, it was like even funnier. Yeah, so. <laughs> it made a lot of sense, and also some of the options had like kind of dead ends. 
And it was like, yeah, <laughs> it was like the only option. Was, like, are, are you being a good role model? And the only option was yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like she doesn't have an option. It's it's not. No, I'm not being a good role model. Um, <laughs> and it was like, are there corgis? And it was like, yes. Um, so that's a good joke. But I also really liked um, the story of Bobby's childhood. And let me see. I, I have this. um as a bookmark like there's the story of like there's these pictures of her as an awkward kid and um she's trying to get superpowers any way that she can because she really wants them um and she's like asking her mom if uh she like she's like can we get a backhoe so i can find a magical amulet and um (laughs) then she she's like making it so that she gets lots of spider bites and x-rays uh so she can have radiation exposure and she's like i invented a laser helmet and my teacher was unimpressed (laughs) and she was like but it's rechargeable and then she asked oscorp if there were any any experimental human trials starting over summer break but her parents wouldn't sign off on it so sad and i just really like the way that she's portrayed as like this ridiculous human being who um you know whose life could have gone in a really different direction and maybe nothing really turned out the way that she wanted, which um, I guess as a woman of about the same age, I sort of understand. <laughs> but in a really different way. <laughs> um, and also the team up with Howard the Duck and Miles Morales with Chicken Pox um, yes. had uh, just like dangerously high sarcasm levels that were really fun. So they were surviving a zombie outbreak together. Yeah. Um, and like... An unlikely combination, surely, but <laughs> but eventful and fun. So, yeah, it was, it was a good moment, definitely. So I I apparently had a lot more to say about this comic, um, <laughs> probably because it's in a more relatable territory to me. Um, this this was a little bit more aimed at uh my sort of audience, I guess. Um, so like young women, I suppose. Right. And so I understand that you definitely like if you get tricked into coming on like a nerd cruise um, by a mysterious person wearing a horse head (laughs) that you would obviously charge a bunch of drinks and a leg wax to their account um, in retribution to that. (laughs) That just makes that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, (laughs) totally. (laughs) And during an emergency situation, you know, you obviously have to ask you know, do I need a bubble bath right now? And the answer is probably yes. Totally. <laughs> you have nothing to say about that. Okay, well, I'd say that's a, that's a lot of um, Infinity Gauntlet. Should we go to uh, the negative zone? All right, let's get negative. All right. I, I guess you had a lot to say that was very positive, so it's probably a little harder for you to come up with something that that's negative. Um. Um, well, I mean, I thought about the fact that, um, like, Bobby Morris is blindingly white and hetero. Um, <laughs> just, like, blindingly hetero as well, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, I mean, you know, it does happen to people. Uh, I, I have no idea who, but... <laughs> surely not anyone in this room but it's mostly um i had two um major negative zone points mm-hmm. and 
one of them was the New Avengers um, 2010 issues 13 through 14, which were collected um, in the second volume of Mockingbird. Yeah. Um, they were the back half solidly because there wasn't even enough of the Mockingbird comic to fill it out um, more than that. So I assume that's kind of why they did it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, kind of both volumes end with basically prequels. And um, strangely enough, the second volume ends with that new Avengers, um, those two new Avengers issues, which are basically the setup to the Mockingbird comic because they explain the Infinity uh, Serum injection. Infinity, what is it called? The Infinity... Formula. The Infinity, yeah, they, they explain the Infinity Formula and um, Super Soldier Serum mixture injection um but she uh, she does a enough explanation i feel like yeah but i mean it's explained well enough in the in in the comic itself but uh, i guess i guess that's why they're included and she even showed uh mini diagrams of herself mutating yeah um into like weirdo looking like blowfish things yeah so i feel like we had enough um of that i it's just the I, I didn't much care for it, the new Avengers. Yeah. Stuff. To say the, that the new Avengers is not Bendis' best work is, is like a drastic understatement. I um, God, it's just like the polar opposite of like, like this femme, um, like targeted comic um, that feels good to me. Like it, it feels, it just feels like healthy. Um, and then to go to this, like, super masculine, like, ridiculousness. Explosive fight fest. Explosive with, fight fest. With which, all like, the women just standing around in sexy outfits and sexy poses. Well, I mean, to be fair, <laughs> Ms. Marvel does a lot of stuff. But to also be fair, her butt cheeks are completely exposed the <laughs> entire time. So, it, I mean, I, I just, like, the whole time I'm just looking at her and I'm like, that seems really cheapy. <laughs> um, and uncomfortable and I can't handle it. And like, how does your hair still look like that? It's just, it's whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. It really is. Like, does she want a glass of Chardonnay? Well, I want to ask. And, and like, yeah, her her hair like remains perfect throughout it, but like her outfit is completely ripped up. <laughs> of course, conveniently ripped up in spots. I'm sure. Yeah, in some nice revealing spots. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it it really is like the complete opposite. To be of fair, I mean, the men comic. are scantily clad as well, but. Well, not scantily. They're they're shapely, is what I'm trying to say. They're like the the muscular most. Yeah. But in their tight fitting muscular. In their uniforms. super spandexy outfits, and it's like I guess whatever. But they're not doing the same like sexy posing. Um, yeah. Like, there's like one default pose, and it's like, you know, hip uh, cocked to the side, sort of hand on hip, like, sort of like hey. Yeah. <laughs> That's how women look in general, just default. Yeah, women, women don't just stand around like normal people. They don't stand around like humans. Yeah. <laughs> Not if they're sexy women in spandex, at least. Obvi. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's annoying. Um, and I just really didn't think they made a lot of sense together. So it was... And it, and it was also really sad um, because it's like, oh, this is what we're left with. Yay. <laughs> also, um, the art style is gross and weird. And I didn't like it, but I thought everyone looked like a monster a little bit. Well, yeah, I, I thought, 
I actually think the art for the most part was pretty good. I think it's mostly just like the faces look really weird. The faces look so weird. Um, they they the the artist for those two issues, yeah, were they just drew faces so weird and it was just really like really kind of took you out of it um sometimes i was just like what is this look on your face about sometimes i, I think i like the I, I think what i really liked about the art was the coloring um of those issues oh sure there's nothing um, wrong with the coloring the, the coloring is like just it's really dynamic um it was kind of fascinating to me i guess i, I guess i think i i think coloring is probably the most important part to me and actually um i'd say kind of a negative zone for me really is the art of the main comic um, is actually like I actually kind of don't really like it very much. Really, so, is it too cartoony to you? It's very cartoony. It's like I think that's what I liked about it. Um, it's it's so simple. It's um very like a uh, teen girl um, Sp- uh, Spider Man meets Mary Jane um comic like teen girl diet uh diary comic type I thing. I kind of think that's like um, an intentional choice, frankly. I, I think frankly. it was intentional, um, and I, I don't hate it. I, I also, don't hate it. I also really like um, sort of the proportions that um, Bobby is given a little bit in uh, the art style. I, I didn't even mention, but like, you know, you can see like the difference between women and men and like the way they're shaped. Mm-hmm. Um, like she has a much... Um, larger like bottom half than you're used to seeing on a comic book character um and it just looks a lot more like an actual woman like walking (laughs) around with hips yeah um and i really like that about it well that's what i was gonna say is like i don't think it's really the art that i dislike i think it's kind of the coloring that i just dislike really um, for a lot of it i thought i thought Um, a lot of the uh art was really beautiful um but yeah, I guess you could say that it's a little bit plain, especially in like shading and whatnot. Yeah, there, there's a like a real noticeable lack of shading, um, and I think I think that bothers me honestly. And I mean, it's it's really it's really not that the art looks bad. I guess I mean, um, as we could probably go ahead and say, um, pretty much any negative zone point we have is pretty kind of much a stretch uh, to have something negative to say. But um, that that's the closest I could say it really gets to a full-on negative for me is like um, some some of the art I find just kind of a little lackluster. I, um, I really liked coloring, it. I, think. I thought like some of the panels were really beautifully colored. Um, no, some of it looks great. And I, I especially liked her storytelling. Um, I, I think that was the best part about it. Um, also, some of the cover art is pretty neat. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, they had a different artist for the covers. Um, I really like this um, and, London uh, Dungeon cover. She, she does a, yeah, she does <laughs> with a lot all, of With really all the cool corgis things. and like the... And like the um, the bondage outfit. <laughs> <laughs> and just like an army of corgis and like this weird leather mask man. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. It's good stuff. Um, <laughs> and really absurd. Did you have any other negative zone points? Um, I guess the the first volume, um, like, I really liked the first issue as like this kind of, it, it was clearly doing this thing where like um, they were telling this story and then you were going to get more bits of the story as you went in. So like in media res kind of? Um. And- Kind of um, like they actually describe it as a puzzle box, which I think is a really good term because mm. um, like it, you know, it's the rest of the issues are all the bits of the puzzle that fit together into the story from the first issue. Um, there are lots of things to catch, but you don't feel a lot of pressure to catch them. Yeah. Um, is another 
nice thing. And I, I guess that would that should have probably gone in the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> um, it, it's true. It is tough to find something that you don't like about it. I kind of thought the puzzle pieces of the other issues were a little like, eh. <laughs> like the kind of the other the stories that kind of fit together to make up that first issue some of them were just really kind of like whatever um to me i, I actually got a little bit bored in the first volume um towards towards the middle of it i suppose that might be explained by sort of a target audience problem with you <laughs> it's, it's possible i mean you're a comic fan but like this is this is like a lady comic basically <laughs> not to say that men couldn't enjoy it because it's really funny well i mean i definitely enjoyed it i thought it was a great comic so but yeah it's it's not your um it's not your normal superhero story because she's not really like a top tier superhero yeah. like like she has explicitly explained um well and i think part of it is probably just um, as she says, she's not very used to doing comic books yet, um, or wasn't at this point. And um, so I think I think it's something that would have been really cool to see her do after she'd been doing comics for a while. <laughs> um, she would probably would have been able to pull off a story like that a lot better than doing it as her first comic. Well, as she says, uh, <laughs> she's dead to Marvel. So <laughs> I don't think that's... We'll, we'll talk a little bit more of that, about that um, at the very end. I'll explain some more stuff about what happened to her comic career um so my main negative zone point is that i need more of this comic and i'm kind of mad yeah i think that was that was kind of my last (laughs) negative point would be that it's it's just way too short yeah it's only eight issues it's really sad that like we don't get to spend any more time with bobby or like find anything else about like what happens to her except in comics that i don't really care for that much (laughs) yeah and except in a bunch of comics written and drawn by men. Yay. <laughs> men drawing the comics about this lady. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, the I don't know, it, it it feels weird. It feels blasphemous a little bit. <laughs> also, you know, it, it doesn't really feel like the same character, I guess. Yeah. It just feels like some lady who shows up. Um, especially like as a superhero, she shows up, so like that's almost kind of like a different character. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's kind of the, like to most other people in the history, Mockingbird's always just kind of been like a side, a love interest of a men. love interest. Yeah, yeah. Um, a um, a uh, woman in the fridge type situation, I guess, in a sense. Um, uh, at one point, <laughs> though, that was just kind of redcon. But um, do do you want to explain that uh, that super uh, deep reference there? <laughs> uh, no, I mean like. For our listeners who may not be um, super read into what on earth that Green Lantern thing means. Yeah, I, I mean, I uh, I actually do explain it a bit in uh, my uh, Blackest Night review. But um, yeah, the woman in, fr- in the fridge is actually a reference uh, uh, writer Gil. It's a trope. Yeah, it's a trope. Yeah. Um, writer Gil Simone, I think, came up. I think that's her name. She came up with the term. Um, Gail Simone did Batgirl. Yeah, she did Batgirl. She's a great writer. Um, so read anything she writes. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, she kind of came up with the term based on um, an actual event in the Green Lantern comics um, where, where the th- basically the third Green Lantern, um, Kyle Rayner, um, his girlfriend, while he was off planet, his girlfriend was literally sliced up by a serial killer and stuffed into his refrigerator so that when he came home... He found her in the fridge, so he could have some like serious man pain um, 
<laughs> and be very angry for a while. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a great way to actually um, say that. So he had to go into his like Wolverine sadness cave to. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's uh, that that term's kind of main um, come to be used for like any time that a female has had to suffer in order to further a male character's uh, plot or story. Um, that's a lot and it's in comic <laughs> books it's an awful it's lot it's a lot it's um, the reason why spider-man's always like no mary jane I, yeah you can't be with me and gwen stacy yeah yeah perfect it, oh god like. yes yeah gwen stacy is a great example <laughs> um also just read spider gwen instead oh yeah i love spider gwen um the coloring is amazing <laughs> yeah okay anyway <laughs> maybe we'll talk about that one in another episode but um, yeah, so that's the woman in the fridge trope. Yeah. Uh, man pain. Man pain. Uh, <laughs> that's all. So I think we're going to move on to some games. Um, the, I had some trouble coming up with games, but um, we'll see how this works out. We're going to do another version of uh, what we did in Batgirl, which is um, we're going to do marry, divorce, or kill because Bobby has so many hinky exes. <laughs> um but the thing is, we can't include the Phantom Rider, um, who, phosphorescent white skin, guys, <laughs> um, mostly dead, uh, eight, early 1800s. Um, that's his stats sheet. But um, because it would be so obvious who we should kill. <laughs> uh, so we're just going to go with Clint Barton, uh, Lance Hunter, or uh, Kazar, uh, Marvel's Tarzan. <clears throat> so which one of Bobby's exes would you marry, divorce, or kill? <laughs> yeah so um i think i think anyone who's gonna um listen to this enough or, or read enough of my reviews is probably gonna learn that i really don't like hawkeye um <laughs> what's there like about hawkeye i mean he's just so boring <laughs> um so just out of those three i'd have to say he'd probably be the one who would who would get killed the outfit looks better on huntress <laughs> exactly um so he just needs to give give her back her outfit and and <laughs> get lost um the uh i'd say i'd say divorce would probably be kazar um because like uh you know at first at first glance you know he's like oh it's he's a lord you know he's a rich guy you know everything is is pretty good there it's a but sweet what's deal a rich guy in the savage land well no i mean he lives he, he technically lives in like england or something i think and right. like a giant mansion so it's like oh, oh okay you know sweet deal but then you then you get married to him and it turns out he's like lord of the savage land and <laughs> you got to move down to the savage land and wear loincloths and there's so no it's like, plumbing it's and... like land of the lost <laughs> in your living room <laughs> and like yeah yeah no i can see where you're coming from there like cool place to visit uh dinosaurs yeah, go to Jurassic Park, um, and then like leave Jurassic Park. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, divorce Jurassic Park. Yeah, divorce that, and then you can go and visit. And, yeah, obviously. And, yeah, you know, visitation <laughs> rights to dinosaurs, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then I guess that would leave Lance as as Mary, because I mean, hey, he likes corgis. You know, there there's some stuff to like about Lance Hunter. Um, um certainly. 
He uh, he apparently likes Doctor Who based yeah. on um, he has like a TARDIS uh, cookie jar and pillow and a TARDIS pillow. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, don't think I didn't see that. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he's got a British accent, so you know, suave. It's very suave. Yeah, <laughs> uh, debonair, some with the bowler hat. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a good. That's a good accessory, I guess, if you're wanting to say, hey, I'm really British. <laughs> yes. I'm extremely excessively British. And also check out these underwear with the Union Jack on them because, boom, in, there in, it is. In case you had any question left. Yeah. In case you were wondering, is this man British? <laughs> yes, he is. Um, so, yeah, honestly, I kind of have to say the same thing, I think. I mean, Clint Barton and Kazar basically, like, I could kill or divorce either really but i don't feel like anybody really deserves it but (laughs) like if it comes right down to it during their marriage counseling clint was being kind of a jerk (laughs) so and also wearing a really stupid purple sweatshirt (laughs) that made me want to punch him a little bit so yeah i guess i'm just gonna kill him um because of the sweatshirt and his smarminess (laughs) So, also, I find it confusing that he's even, like, a part of the story in general. Um, so, I guess I'm marrying Lance as well. We can share. And um, Kazar gets uh, gets a second divorce. That's amazing. So, we are in agreement. Wow. I don't know if that's happened. So, what is your favorite thing that Bobby has taught you during these comics? Ooh, that's a good one. There's a lot of really, really good tidbits. Um so, how to get zombie juice out of clothing. That's, that's useful information. Yes, she, she goes into detail there. Um, how to kick in a door without breaking your foot. Uh, good to know. Wear shoes. Make sure to wear shoes. Yeah, make sure to wear shoes. Um, <laughs> point of contact under the doorknob. Thank you. Um, five different types of knots. So, if you don't know how to tie knots or what they're used for, cool. Um, how to make a dirty cowboy, which turns out to be a cocktail. <laughs> so uh, those instructions are in there. Yeah. Um, field guide to footprints. Uh, what do these footprints look like, including Ant-Man, Beast, Nightcrawler, and Ms. Marvel doing something weird, which is obviously <laughs> the best one. Um, <laughs> also included are like Tony Stark and Spider-Man. So. Yeah. And Howard. Yes. Howard, of course, is in there. Um, he's got a he's got a distinctive footprint. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, you don't even have to know who's that's supposed to be. Um, so, what is your favorite thing that Bobby has taught you? Oh man, I was gonna say one that you didn't even list. Um, Please do uh, secret answer. <laughs> secret answer F um, something. <laughs> uh, was I was kind of fascinated by the uh, the 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 bit she was saying about the the thing in your cells that makes your blood red. And that if that's removed from your blood cells, you die. So when one person, like, all the colors removed from his body, he just dies. Oh, so that was in the bit about the um, about the 12-year-old girl. Yeah. With the, who's uh, had ma- early manifestation of superpowers. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And that, she had cool, it was like a, it was like a rainbow bubble. Oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. But dangerous. Yeah. Like every 12-year-old girl. <laughs> so, Yeah. Um, if 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 I have to pick from the ones that that you gave, I'd probably say the footprints because that I really enjoyed that bit. <laughs> well, I like your secret answer F a little bit better, actually. Um, I would say that though I did enjoy the um 
the footprints thing, I did not know what a dirty cowboy is. <laughs> um, and, and you uh, might have to make one and one day. I, you know, I may be put in a situation where I have to go undercover as a bartender. And if that should happen, I am extremely screwed. Um, except I will know how to make a dirty cowboy. So. <laughs> Just in case anyone asks. Awesome. Okay. So, um, and my uh, next game is called uh, What Event Would You Attend on the Cosplay Cruise? So, if you attended a nerd cruise to the Bermuda Triangle, um, sounds awesome. Would you? Yeah. Would you attend the Ninja Dance? <laughs> um, the Doctor Who Hot Tub Meetup, or the Poolside Game of Thrones rerun bingo? Um, I know which one. <laughs> you know, you already know which one I'm going to pick because. <laughs> I uh, I love ninjas, so um, I'm pretty sure I'd have to go to the ninja dance where where you couldn't see anyone dancing anyway because they're ninjas. Yeah, no, I assume that um, there is no way to tell if there are <laughs> even ninjas in the room. So there's like no point of contact happening between ninjas and their dance partners. Um, so that sounds like the only dance that I would ever want to go to, as a matter <laughs> of fact, actually. Um, and although I do love Doctor Who, I hate bacteria. <laughs> so I'm not going to go to the hot tub meetup. So I I just really... That just seems weird anyway. Yeah, it, it does seem like a strange combination of things happening there that they could have done something with. But um, I also don't really want to go to the poolside Game of Thrones rerun bingo because, like, why? <laughs> um <laughs> Because, like, why? Yeah. Um, it's not really a poolside type of show, I feel like. <laughs> it's more of a, I guess, fireside type of show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if we're picking anything, I feel like it's... Yeah. Yeah, it's a fireside type of show. Definitely. More um, interesting cold spots than warm spots. It, yeah, it, no, it should be more like a... um Instead of, like, bingo, um, it should be, like a uh so a kind of a craft thing where you like you build your own dragon next to um a fire while you're watching i was thinking of more of, of like a tournament <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's, a, it's well yeah I, I guess making i guess playing a game makes sense because you're playing the game of thrones exactly that's exactly <laughs> what where i was going with that a little bit yeah because like when, when i first heard about game of thrones um i thought it was an actual like i thought they were playing a game to see who was the king. Yeah, I, I actually um, kind of thought it was going to be kind of Hunger Games-like. Because <laughs> I am terrible, and I watched the show before I read the books. And I am extremely sorry that I read the books, obviously. <laughs> um, obviously. And I hope he honestly never finishes reading the next one so that I don't have to deal with it. But um, Writing the next one? Oh, yeah. Writing the next one. And I assume he's not because, like, he's been seen everywhere but writing. <laughs> so it's whatever. Um, so basically, the ninja dance is where the business is at. Yeah. Surely. Uh, nobody even has to know if I'm not there. So, <laughs> I mean, like, if I have to duck out early, then, like, that's basically the same as being there. Yeah. Um, but it's actually secret answer uh, D, I think. <laughs> and that's the that's the corgi uh, fanciers of. Uh, convention. <laughs> you leave the nerd convention to I, go to the corgi fancier convention, and I went to the corgi fanciers convention instead. <laughs> well, you know what? That's fair because that sounds way better anyway. Yeah. And I, I do nerd things anyway. So. And just like avalanche of corgis, <laughs> and and like there was a maker fair um on the cosplay cruise, but I figured that was kind of an easy answer for me, um, because you know 
professional interest would have me go to the Maker Fair, but um, do I really want to see your chainsaw driftwood art? <laughs> no. No, I don't. Um, so maybe not. Whatever. Um, okay, so we've reached the end of the games, and so we are going you to talk... play my game? Oh! Oh, you have a game? <gasps> Let's play your game. <laughs> Well, so I, my my game was uh, was uh, what's your favorite corgi moment? <laughs> Do you have any corgi moments for me to choose from? So there's the uh, the appearance of the um the the, the lost island of um uh mere mere corgis mere corgis mere corgis. <laughs> That's um, a hard word for you to say. That is a really hard word for me to say. Um, there was the uh, the corgi in a Thor outfit. Mm, Thorgi. <laughs> And there was uh there was the corgi in like the the little bellhop outfit. <laughs> um you know it's really hard to pick. Oh there's also there actually there's one more. There's the um there's the one where the corgi uh Kazar, corgi's name was Kazar, um and uh the uh the cosplaying uh pit or a uh, bulldog um, who was cosplaying as the uh, the dog from the Inhumans? And I didn't they... even catch that um, <laughs> when I was reading it. So that's that's kind of an amazing uh, thing to have happened. So I definitely choose that one. So so you're going where where the Kazar and uh, the the dog from the Inhumans? Oh, certainly. That's a very clever <laughs> cosplay. The, uh, Phantom Rider. Yes. <laughs> I think I think honestly I do love that um that little bit, but um. Uh, I think my favorite moment has to be Thorgy. Um, <laughs> it's because of the name Thorgy. <laughs> I love the idea. I mean, they don't even say Thorgy in the comic. You I said that, Thorgy. But, um, I mean, I just wh why is he dressed as Thor? I just it, love that. That's it's... the next thing that you say is Thorgy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> seems obvious, but okay. So that that was my game, short as it was. Thank you. Um, okay, so I guess we have to talk about what happened to with Marvel um, when uh, Mockingbird was canceled. Um, Chelsea Kane received a lot of harassment um, about her uh, second volume's cover, which um, just has this picture of uh, Bobby Morse wearing a T-shirt um, and standing on a beach with some lemonade. Um, I, I assume it's alcoholic. Um or not. Oh, is that lim lemonade? I actually always thought she was holding a cell phone taking a selfie. Oh. Is that is she is that a drink? It's I, got I a guess lime I've in it. Really <laughs> it. Oh my god, it is. You it don't is put a, drink. a lime on your phone. It, it is a drink. Okay. <laughs> That's really funny, actually. But I don't know why I always thought she was. You know, taking I a guess selfie. I guess I can actually see it if I don't look very hard. You know, she's she's in that like old MySpace selfie pose. You know, like. You know, when you're taking a picture of yourself in the mirror, that's just what. That oh, I like. know. <laughs> I know. I was 14 I've once. I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> no, we've all been there. I promise. Um, just try, trying to get the the phone out of the picture or the camera out of the picture because um, your phone probably didn't take uh, good enough pictures back then. Actually. Yeah, probably not. Um. Okay. Actually, not probably. I I explicitly know this. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend like I didn't. I'm the target audience for this uh, reference that you're making. Okay. So the controversy was around uh, Mockingbird's shirt that she's wearing on this cover. It says, ask me about my feminist agenda. 
Um, and why would people be mad at that? I, you know, questions. I don't know. Um, there's just a lot of hate out there, I guess. But yeah, I mean, it, that's that was one of the things after you you told me about this that I was interested in reading the comic because, like, um, yeah, I mean, I guess people were upset for some reason that you know a bunch of guys i'm sure were upset that they were gonna make this like ridiculously strongly feminist comic book and they didn't like that idea because like she'd never been ridiculously strongly feminist before maybe but like the the comic really is she'd been a woman in a fridge then (laughs) yeah you know that would be fine um but uh i mean the comic is really not that overtly feminine like there's things in there but like it's it's a story. It, it's not just like there's, it's not just reading as a feminist manifesto. There's, n- the there's no way, yeah. There's no agenda <laughs> in there. Um, and uh, I mean, I I guess if Chelsea Kane wrote a feminist manifesto, then you know that would be a different thing. But this really isn't that at yeah. all. It's a story about a person, and that person is a woman, and that woman is a strong woman. So I guess that pissed people off. And also, I kind of think this cover is maybe like an F you um, to Marvel a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't know if the timeline on that makes any sense, but I feel like, yeah, probably. Um, so Chelsea Kane had to delete her Twitter after harassment um, got so bad and she got kind of scared because they like posted her address and she was afraid for her like young daughter. Um and her family in general, because people knew where she lived. Man. Um, and then people were posting, like, like um, I, I guess I want to say fan-drawn, but, like, the opposite of fans. Um, <laughs> I don't know, hater-drawn uh, images of, like, Mockingbird, like, raped and brutalized and killed and stuff. So Jeez. people got really, like, gross and horrified about, horrifying about it. And, you know, just general Twitter stuff. Um Yay, social media, but um, isn't social media grand? Yeah, it's great. Um, and then okay, so after that had happened, um, Marvel wanted her to be like kind of hush hush about it, so she kind of was for like a couple of years, and um, she was given she and her husband, uh, Mark Mohan, were asked to do the follow up to Tom King's Eisner winning run on the Vision title. Um, they were going to do a six issue, uh, mini run, um, with artist Audie Coke. And they, uh, had four issues turned in. As a matter of fact, it was expected to come out on November 7th, 2018. So just a minute ago, <laughs> basically. Um, and, uh, multiple sources leaked that the publisher's long-term plans for the character's of Vision and his teenage daughter Viv conflicted with this book that they had written or the issues that they had written and their plans for the character um, which was um, the Vision tried to build a normal life um, literally build I guess because you know he's a robot yeah um, like the doctor in Voyager yes um, it, it's actually a lot like that um, Rep- hashtag evo- references no one else gets yeah yeah uh, <laughs> Hashtag Trekkies for life. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, including like Sparky, his family robo dog. So it's, I guess a Jetsons family, but whatever. Um, so yeah, they were going to take on this comic 
And then Marvel has not really released an official statement and is unknown whether or not these comics will see the light of day ever. (laughs) So they, they may, but I think Chelsea Kane has decided that she's not going to shut up about it anymore because like, wouldn't you be angry? Yeah. Like they've burned her twice now. Um, pretty bad without really any good reason really. and like I, you know i guess technically they paid her but like that's not really all writing is about yeah um and so i guess there's sort of a toxic culture going on where like a room full of dudes will make like decisions without thinking about what they mean to the people who work for them yeah especially like the freelancers and whatnot um so it's just sort of like a gig economy situation over there and everyone hates it and um, no one's really doing anything about it, so yay. Yeah, and and I mean, this is really just like striking to me because like Marvel's Marvel's the one that's all like obsessed with like the civil rights and equal rights and all everything and all that. Because I mean, like like just a few years ago, they basically killed off or like injured or or retired like all of their major superheroes and replaced them with like more you know. Um, more politically correct versions or whatever, or more diverse versions. You know, you have like the Asian Hulk and the female Wolverine and, you know, like the, um, the black Iron Man, the black Spider-Man, like, you know, they've, they've done all this and they've always been kind of more progressive just in general. I mean, like they had the first black superhero, um, Stanley certainly has a a more, Um, um, progressive mindset than the people over at, dc generally have yeah and and i mean around the same time marvel was doing all this replacement of their superheroes like that was when about the time of like dc doing the new 52 where they kind of fired all the females on their staff and like replaced replaced all the all of them with like men who were writing all the well, males i mean comic, the, or the female comics and in in defense of of that like i mean just like if we're having a milkshake party, then everyone should get invited. <laughs> and no one's feelings can be heard about the milkshake parties. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it's, that's why it's it's just shocking to me. Like, because Marvel is preaching all this stuff about, like, you know, all these... This controversy is, and, I believe, called Comics Gate. And, and it's really or not... Or something like that. It's not showing through in their practice. Yeah, um... That's why a lot of people are leaving and going to the indie comics, I think. Yeah. Um, and speaking of that, <laughs> um, so uh, Chelsea Kane has a another book um, that she's been working on with the same team as Mockingbird. Um, so just the same team in general. Um, it's called Maneaters, and I really want to get my hands on this comic <laughs> because it sounds like... It sounds pretty great. It sounds hysterical. Um <laughs> And, uh, you know, I just really want to see what what's going on with it. Um, so the plot is basically that a mutation of toxic shock syndrome or toxoplasmosis um, causes uh, young girls to become werepanthers um, <laughs> when they're on their periods. So they basically become like killer wildcats and they, you know, will hurt people and panic spreads and paranoia. Um, happens and you know there's the main character who has to stand up for the rights of I guess um, uh, man eaters (laughs) (laughs) so um, if your period weren't terrible enough 
Uh, there it is. Something <laughs> now, worse. Now you're also a werepanther. Now you're also a werepanther. So um, that it just sounds like a parable of like what it's like to be a young girl, which, um, uh, yeah, you do feel a little bit like a monster, and maybe you are. <laughs> You know, I think I think also um, on our first Comic Cave episode, uh, you you referred to the manslaughter story arc on of Batgirl as a man eater. Oh yeah, I, th- so. I think I think that was an accident. Oops, I I may have, but um, you know, different things. <laughs> um. So just funny, it's come back around already. Yes, we're com- we've come full circle. But so, if you like funny comics. Um, maybe with like a lady slant, then I would say perhaps unbeatable squirrel girl. And, um, Chelsea Kane herself says that everyone should read the unstoppable wasp. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even know that was a comic actually. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a wasp comic. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I don't know anything about it though. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm surprised I haven't heard of that. I'm just going off of what Chelsea Kane told me. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, and obviously, uh, we've already mentioned it several times, but uh, DC Rebirth, Batgirl, and the Birds of Prey. Um, obviously, obviously, read the things that we've already read. Um, <laughs> that definitely, if you like Mockingbird, I'd say you'd like that. I mean, some a bit of a feminist agenda going on there as well. Um, lots of fun, Not sarcastic especially. characters. <laughs> um, strong women. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was a, I, I think that was one of the things I liked about this comic was it reminding me of that comic, which has been one of my favorites. So <laughs> I don't know. I th- I feel like Mockingbird's such a lone wolf. They but... they are very different. They are very different overall. So, but uh, I think you would like them both. If, I mean, the connection like there is them. obviously Hawkeye and um and, Huntress. and Huntress's wardrobe choices. So yeah, so <laughs> plenty of tie in there. <laughs> Do you have any other recommendations? Um, not especially. I, I think we've mentioned a lot of the comics that I would have recommended um, earlier, like, you know, Ms. Marvel. Um, and uh, I don't know. I guess read Spider-Gwen if you want. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ms. Marvel and Spider-Gwen. Great, great books for young girls as well. But also just great books. Is that all you got? Okay. I've never read anything quite like Mockingbird. Um, it's, it's pretty I, different. I, I feel like it renewed um, an interest in comics that I you know, that I didn't know was there. And I, I just wish there was more like it. I wish there, there were more comics that were sort of relatable like this. Um, and that were, I don't know, just like, just like glibly funny um, in every possible way, but not with um, needing to break down like entire buildings in order <laughs> to like throw a punchline out there. Yeah. Well, I guess it's worth mentioning that Bobby Morse uh, has an appearance on the Agents of Shield TV show. Right. Agents of Shield though, I uh I wouldn't uh recommend highly to to anyone. Anyone who who you like. Yeah. I guess uh if if you don't like them, uh you can recommend it to them. <laughs> it's great. And they can they can watch it. Um I guess uh, Lance Hunter is also on the show as well. Um a very very different Lance Hunter in my opinion. Um but I guess there's not a lot to his character exactly in the comics. So No bowler. <laughs> no Union Jack boxers. Exactly. Not the same person. So how how could you how would you even know? I mean unrecognizable. So <laughs> 
So in order to determine whether we're ready to end this podcast, we're going to go through this flowchart here. Are you ready? Yes. So first, are you under attack? Yes. Does E equal MC squared? Yes. Run. Okay. Do you have time for a bubble bath? Yes. Are you happy? Yes. Weigh the facts. Are there corgis? Yes. That's not an option. Oh, I, I mean, no. <laughs> Throat jab. Okay. Um, Is Hunter being annoying? Yes. Do you have time for another bubble bath? No. All right. Well, then listen. Have you tried Krav Maga? No. Algebra? No. Mind control? No. Science? Yes. Then rest. Okay. <laughs> Are you being a good role model? Yes. Then keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> okay. Um, do you have a rope? No. Telekinesis. <laughs> I think we're ready to wrap this up. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a bubble bath. <laughs> go to bed. Snuggle down with your corgis or thorgies, if you have those. And Hopefully. enjoy Mockingbird. And you might uh, be able to understand an eighth of what we've said now. <laughs> um, and good night. And we'll see you next time right here on The Comic Cave. Check your fridge for women. That's messed up. It is messed up. It's messed up soap. <laughs> <laughs>